Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't cause a fuss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cold light. Cold light. Cold light. Cold light. Cold light. Suit you, sir. Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't want any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. Here on three triple R F M. Yeah, that's right. That means it's the afternoon, and uh, and we're on that uh, beautiful glide slope towards uh, sunset, and uh, and uh, and a beautiful dinner time, and, and and things like that. But in the meantime, you've got me, Cam Smith, slightly belligerent. I'll be uh, I'll be honest <laughs> with you today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and my poor recipient of my my sort of uh, melodious uh, belligerence, uh, Kent Goldsworthy. Hello, buddy. How are you doing? Geez, I'm well, Cam. <laughs> slightly belligerent. We're going with slightly, are we? Yes. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I'm something's st- in the water this morning. Yeah, something has been in the water. No, still dealing with um, with stuff and. I think I'm kind of over it, but um, you probably uh, there's probably people out there that can can relate to it. Still trying to shake the plague. Yeah, yeah, still doing it. You can probably hear it in the voice. It's a bit croaky, and I'm just about to do this. <coughs> so well, that worked well, didn't it? <coughs> Thank God for cough buttons here um, <coughs> on the trip. Shane, one of the great. Faders um, of all time. You see the way he faded out that show. We were just going. That was magnificent. He, work. he turns it into an art. Oh, he does, and he does it. There's there is also um, um, uh, sort of elements of um, of uh, interpretive dance <laughs> that that goes with it too. That you, we you don't get to see when you're just listening. No, yeah, really, you're missing out a little bit. But Shane, bravo, mate, bravo. No, he's he's good. He's doing his sermon to 
doing his uh, anyway, we're post-show waste, We're wasting time. I'm sorry. I apologise for you uh, to all the listeners. Um, first of all, a very, very happy... <laughs> Don't fold your arms and look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> See, it's working. Conflict Radio. Everyone's listening now. Um, happy Orthodox Easter. Because it is. Even though you say that there was some sort of weird confluence. I, I thought the one of the interesting things about Easter last weekend was the three Abrahamic Three amigos. <laughs> yeah. Three um, a- major... A- Abrahamics. Abrahamic religions all shared the same celebration, which happens from time to time, but it's not mm. routine. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm, I'm just wrong and barking up the wrong tree, but I went to the market today to find John, and John wasn't there. Not that he's orthodox because he's, mm-hmm. you know, Italian, but um, a lot of people would say we're taking it off for Greek Easter. Okay. Huh? Huh? <laughs> uh, uh, also, uh, it's, uh, I think it's Ukrainian Easter too. Oh, dear. So, so anyway, bang those eggs together. There's a lot of refugees that are um, here in the country apparently having Easter, so happy yeah, Easter yeah. to them. Do that quite seriously because uh, that's uh, all we can do. Um, I have found um, there is a saint, though, today. St. George, uh, patron of farmers. St. George is distinct from the dragon, St. George. Oh, well, you know, maybe when he wasn't looking after the crops, he was slaying dragons, <laughs> you know. It's like, well, it's either one or the other. Put my feet up, watch the wheat grow, or slay a dragon. Slay a dragon or two. You know, it's uh, it's just it's a, it's a you know well you know you got to that's what they say about people these days. You have got to be a generalist. Yeah, right. In you know yeah. in what you do, you know, sure. you're going to be a master of all trades. So anyway, happy Saint George's Day. It's also Shakespeare's birthday today, but um, he's not around to celebrate it. So you know, it, uh, I think that also means it's the. Anniversary of his death wasn't Shakespeare. I'm, am I confusing that with someone else? I thought he was born and died on the same day. 1564 to 1616. William Shakespeare was born. He died on the same date. 52 years later. There you go. Thank you, memory. Brilliant. Occasionally comes in it's handy. Working. I've see, been to pub trivia. See that ram still kicking in. <laughs> still kicking in. It's not just full of 70s and 80s um, top 40 hits and countdown episodes. <clears throat> as mine is, as mine is. Um, yes, speaking of trivia, I had a great trivia night at the Builder's Arms last Wednesday. Thank you to all who came. Yeah? Yeah, it was good fun. Is it, do you feel like it's back to back to normal? People wine, oh, dining and um, I, I'm not quite sure, and I don't want to be controversial at the start of the show. No. You know, I can be difficult and, you know... <laughs> belligerent. <laughs> belligerent, but I don't want to be controversial. Uh, but you know the uh, I know the staff of the builders specifically were delighted, saying we can take our masks off. Yeah, right. Whether it, the timing's right for that, um, I don't know. We'll it's see. for people um, at a higher pay grade than I and a different time slot, perhaps mm. an hour or two before. Oh, right. When we speak yeah. to talk about things like that, mm. agreed? Could be. Could be. Could be. But we digress. Um, Look, I'm sorry, this, this intro is kind of all over the place, but I will tell you what is on the show. Are you ready, dear listener? First of all, we're going to be uh, kicking off with uh, Cam Russell, who um, long-time listeners to the, to the show would have heard before. Uh, he's our mushroom guide. 
and uh, he's been doing mushroom tours for a very, 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 very long time through the millennial drought where I think I went with him and we saw three mushrooms in total Wow! to um, these days of La Nina where um, the, the ground is kind of wet, which is good, um, and the temperature's gone down. I think it's going to be a cracker mushroom season, but we'll ask Cam about that. Um, and also um, spread a word of caution in that if you are ever unsure about a mushroom to eat, don't. Because um, there are some terrible things that can happen to you if you have the wrong type of mushroom. Good rule of thumb. Yeah. You want to be on dialysis for the rest of your life? Oh. Huh? Oh. Ah. oh. Uh, that's just one thing. But, um, yeah, so we're going to have a chat to uh, Cam, who I think um, is in regional Victoria. I think somewhere around Storm. Um, we're going to find out. Maybe Hall's Gap. Uh, and uh, he's on the pans and he's going <laughs> to flee the pans for a couple minutes to have a chat with us. So... Um, he's being awfully good there. John, as I said before, is not at the market, was not at the market, was quite disappointing that he wasn't there. Uh, he's having the weekend off. He was, uh, I rang him and he was boasting about some pizza that he was cooking in the oven, you know, as, he, as an Italian does. Yeah, we're just having this great pizza and it's going to be good. We're going to talk to him about um, olives, was one of the things I want to talk to him about, uh, doing olives yourself. And then in um, a tale of um, the return, the return of Pinot Palooza, Dan Sims uh, from Bottle Shop Concepts has been part of the event space that has had to desert everything, really. And uh, we're going to talk to him about, well, what have you been doing the last two years and uh, tell us a, bit, a little bit about this phoenix that you have rising from the ashes uh, that is... Pino Palooza 2022. Um, uh, yeah, we're going to have a chat to him about that. So it is 12.09. We're on sort of time to have a chat with Cam. We're going to run a couple sponsorship announcements and we'll be hearing from Cam Russell after this. Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. Thanks so much for being here. It means a lot. Cam Russell, a very, very good afternoon to you. Hey, Cam, how are you? Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm good. Isn't, isn't, that way, isn't that the way you're supposed to answer? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. And you? Oh, I'm fantastic, thank you. Thank you. There we go. Um, <laughs> we can move on from that. Um, first of all, where are you, buddy? I'm on the Western Highway heading into Melbourne. Yeah. Stuck in the traffic. Oh, you're not working, you know? you're not working today? Not working today. Oh. No, I'm uh, a day off for good behaviour. Oh, really? They let you out? Occasionally, oh, occasionally. Well, that's kind of good. And, and where have you been working? Because um, um, we talked to you, I think, last year, was it? Or was it the year before that? And you were on the pans and you were uh, graciously gave up some of your time. Um, you are working, actually, as the orders were getting, you know, mounting up to yeah, chat with us. Fun. Um, yeah, that was a hectic day. Um, I'm up in working on the pan still on uh, up at uh, Hotel Bellinzona in Hepburn Springs. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, that's a bit of fun. Yes, you know, 
it's nice to be able to, to create things and feed people. I do enjoy that, it's as we do in the hospitality industry. Agreed. It's um, it's a lovely thing, especially when you fed them all and you can sort of have a bit of time, throw the tea towel over your shoulder, look into the dining room or glance down from where you are and see contented people. I reckon there's uh, nothing better than that. Said like a, somebody who's done it many times themselves, Cam. Mm. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I think that's that's really good. But we have Let's... you on, on board because of your expertise in mycology. And um, you, you're doing tours this year? Yeah, there are a handful of mushroom tours this year. I'm back out in the forest since we'll be allowed to do that this year after the last few years. Hooray, hooray. And, uh, yeah, so that's going to be fun. Um, we've had some lovely people who have booked in the last couple of years and they're coming along this year so that's really cool the generosity of people oh, aren't they lovely? Over, over covid yeah it's, been, it's enough to make you cry sometimes yeah well that's sort of it's a bit of a theme of the show today in, in a in a funny old way isn't it because uh, yeah because yeah, we're going to be talking to dan sims about peanut palooza that's been away for a couple of years too so um you do your tours around um Moriduck, do you not yeah, I work with the, the lovely folk at uh, Kate and Richard and Jill down at uh, Muraduka State Winery, and yep. and we sort of, uh, for, you know, I, we've been talking about this for so many years, but I should really, we should just take it back to really what it is. It's, so I'm trying to, to get people involved in learning and understanding what's out there so that they can take that knowledge away and, mm. and start, start on their journey of going to pick mushrooms. I mean, we've spoken many times about... You know, the idea that you can just go out there, pick something and stick it in your mouth. <laughs> uh, how incredibly dangerous that is. You know, I mean, the internet is a lovely place, but you get a lot of people out there encouraging you. It's like, oh, no, it's really easy. You can yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah. But what they forget is that mycology is a living science. It changes constantly. What we know changes constantly. The people involved change. Yes. And their knowledge is there, too. There's some amazing mycologists in Australia yes. who are doing stuff that um, has never been done before, and we're in the 21st century. Mm. For example, one of those ones is a yellow staining mushroom. Yes. I, um, I, they're I, common everywhere. Uh-huh. Look, they look like a field mushroom? They do. I they know, do. listen, I've, I've yeah. actually had a buddy of mine, uh, Joe Mungrel, I don't know if you're listening, Joseph, but uh, he rang and said, oh, I've just found a whole bunch of mushrooms what do you reckon should we eat them? And I, and I saw immediately that yellow staining, and I said, yeah, go for your life if you want to be, you know, give yourself a little bit of... Um, actually, they're not life-threatening, but you get a bit of diarrhoea, and it, it's not a good thing to eat, is it? No, it's, um, there's an amazing lady called uh, uh, Grace Boxall who's just put out a paper about um, a whole range of uh, different species within that group, and... Um, you know, we're in the 21st century and this is new science. This is new stuff. Really? And okay. to assume that you can just go out and go, oh, yeah, I can pick that because so-and-so on the internet told me or it looks like a photo I saw in this Facebook group or Or, or, I'm, blah, or blah, blah. I'm just hungry. There's a bit more to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, actually... did watch a survivalist show where they, uh, one of the contestants picked some mushrooms and spent a few hours being quite ill. Oh, really? So, you know. Yeah. So anyway, oh. let's scare everybody. We've so, done that. Okay, so, yeah, we so we can we've done that. Okay, so you know, you can have a you know, nine out of ten on the whoop scale 
actually you can have a 10 out of 10 on the whoop scale if you're not careful uh, with mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, my advice <clears throat> is that um, if you're not going on a mushroom tour and starting to get some uh, expert advice as to what to avoid, um, you can actually just wander into a pine plantation and get some of those orange mushrooms because they, they're not a problem. Well, yeah. as long as you don't confuse them with gymnopilus, that'll be all right. I mean, they do look different, a little bit, uh, a little ta- bit of study in you. What, what, what are you talking about, Russell? What? <laughs> well, there's another species. The, as you know, Cam, the, the uh, pine mushrooms, the Lactaris deliciosa, they grow in the yeah. soil, but there's another variety that grow out of uh, old pine stumps. Ah. And they're called Dimnopilus, and they, they're a little bit, they're a rustier, sort of brownier colour. Yeah. But I have seen people pick those and think they were pine mushrooms over the years. Yes. Um, but on the bright side, as we said before, they only give you a bit of uh, diarrhoea at the most, maybe hey. a couple of headaches, a bit of vomiting. Nothing that, uh, you know, your average chef doesn't experience after a long shift. Oh, God, we have scared the shit out of everyone, haven't we? Excuse, oh, excuse, excuse us, man. Um, okay, well, my truism isn't quite um, a truism. Um, actually, it is a, 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 a question, serious question. Um, have, have you looked around? I have not, um, but are there any apps around for Australian mushrooms that you can, um, you know, you can have your phone and, you know, do a scan of a mushroom and it'll tell you... What it is? It's just not that easy oh. for an app. There are apps out there, but they're 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 only as good as the data that goes into them. Yeah, and a lot of that isn't uh, checked. But if I could recommend people to use a particular one, is called iNaturalist. It isn't an app Hang directly. That's Can you about say that again, please, Cam? What's it called? I I com. So I is in the letter I. Yes. Yep. Thank that's you. That's the one. Yep. And you can um, you can post your photos up there, and there's a community of. Uh, it's not just about mushrooms; it's about all things in the natural world. Mm. But there is definitely a dedicated group of people in there that will uh, make suggestions, talk about where you picked it, that kind of stuff, and and help you identify things further. Mm-hmm. Um, that peer sort of response of people who know what they're talking about, rather than an echo chamber in a Facebook group, um, that's really important, I think. To, I mean, I learn stuff out of that, and um, uh, and I know that uh, you get to see new things that potentially other people have picked that you've never come across as yeah. well. Right, right. I, I'm I'm really digging the shade that you're throwing down this afternoon here, Cam. But in all seriousness, um, it, yeah. uh, it, it is not. I'm just reiterating the, the just the fact that there is a bounty out there. It's free. Oh, it's but. It's great fun. Yeah, it is great fun, but you've got to have uh, your wits about you and um, and be a little bit careful. Or um, go on a tour with uh, someone like Cam uh, or someone who knows what they're doing. Have you got a room on your tours for other people? We've got a few more spaces. But I'd also like to give a shout-out to a, 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 another person who does mushroom tours. Is yeah. a lady called Alison Tulay. Yes. She has a whole different set of knowledge and stuff that I do, and she's an amazing uh, uh, an amazing entertainer and as well as mycologist, um, and she works with the mycology uh, people at the Royal Botanical Gardens in Melbourne. Mm. Um, if she can't come on my tour, 
I would highly recommend Come On Hers um, or vice versa, of course. Yeah, yeah, either way. Okay, so let's give yourself give yourself a plug, Cam. Uh, Cam Cameron Russell tours Moriduck Estate, yes? And this suddenly it all went silent. We've Cam, I think we've lost Cam. Oh, no, I can hear you, Cam. Oh, no, yeah. I can hear you, Cam. Yeah, okay, so I was going to say, so can you confirm that it is... Cam Russell, Cameron Russell, Mushroom Tours at Moriduck? No, mushroomtours.com. Oh, okay. I was sort of doing this, the search string rather than the actual <laughs> exact oh. address. So, yes, and then your compatriot um, in, um, in mycology, what was her name again? Uh, Alison Toulay. And you can... Uh, How do you spell Toulay? Toulay. I actually don't have that off the top of my head, Cam. Toulay as uh, in chicken? Uh, I, I I don't know, Cam. Okay. But if you Google Allison and mushrooms, you will find her in Melbourne. Yeah, well, don't we? We've got Kent working on that now. All right, buddy. Fantastic. Well, thank you for your time. Um, appreciate it as always. And um, we hope you get lots and lots and lots of people that uh, you're able to uh, forage with and then feed afterwards, which is uh, another great thing about going on a tour with you. I'm looking forward to doing your uh, pine mushrooms with uh, balsamic and hazelnuts that you're telling me about. And, yeah, and rosemary. Yum. Oh, excellent. Thanks, Cam. Thanks, Cam. <laughs> See you, buddy. See you, mate. Bye. That was Cam Russell. They're um, heading across regional Victoria in a car. It is 12.22. And uh, it looks like it's Alison Poulet, P-O-U-L-I-O-T, and you can find her easily on the website. She seems to also go by the uh, the name The Fungus Whisperer. The Fungus Whisperer. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, yeah, uh, good advice. Um, yeah, it's not just, uh, it's not like, you know, Scotty Morrison saying, if you have a go, you'll get a go uh, with mushrooms. You'll have to be a little bit more discerning than that. Triple R. 12.28 here, 3 Triple R FM. And um, we seek him here, we seek him there, we seek him everywhere. Um, he wasn't at the market because he's having a, a weekend off. John, at home, feet up, glass feet in up. hand, and uh, you've already had some pizza because you were gloatingly telling me about that beforehand. Good life. How you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. I've had a week off and I've done absolutely nothing. Ooh. Well rested done. the body, rested the mind, fed the um, inner self. It's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, and what did you have on that pizza that you were telling me about early in the... It's like, like the equivalent of uh, 11s uh, having a drink early, uh, but you, uh, yeah, what sort of pizza were you eating? Well, it's a very plain pizza, there's no topping. When we, um, that's called bread, our, yeah, when we, yeah, different because it's got something inside. Ah, okay, sorry. So, when we, when we process our pig, um, there's a lot of fat left over. So, what we do is, uh, we chop it up and put it in the oven and collect all the, um, liquid fat. Yeah, in the olden days, uh, when we were a little bit younger and trimmer, we'd use that for cooking. Now we're a little <laughs> bit more conscious of ourselves. Mm. We give it away to someone 
they either make soap with it or they make pastries or whatever. Mm. But all the little hard bits that are left over, um, it's like a gristle. We put that into the pizza diet and, um, you know, you get the pork flavour that comes out of that and it's very, very nice. And usually we like to put a good layer of chilli on top to get a little bit of a bite as well. Oh, wow. And it's very, very tasty. That sounds good. Um, and, yeah, apologies to vegetarians, of course, um, but it's um, it's a big part of the year to uh, for Italians to process a pig. Does that mean you've already done that? It seems like you're a bit no, early. No, this is last year. Still oh, yeah. It's like she, that's usually and June, July, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we've already been talking about that. So, you know, we're, we're planning whether we're going to do a little bit or a big bit of um, sausage and bacon and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, because last year we did a big bit, and um, so we might slow down a little bit this time. Yeah, gotcha. And um, and that's the great thing, that you can, uh, you can tell uh, what part of the year it is, depending on what Italians are talking about. And uh, and what they're doing, like in February, of course, it's sauce time, and uh, here in April, as we're getting into late autumn, the the gateway to winter, it's time to talk about the olives, is, is it not? It is definitely so. Uh, hmm. At last few weeks, uh, before I bro- broke for a holiday, people were saying to me, "Well, you sell tomatoes. Where are the olives?" Uh, inferring yeah. that, you know, tomatoes we Challenge every day with their, and with we their preserve hands on tomatoes and we preserve olives. So, yeah. yeah, so now's the time to get in to do them. Um, and um, Do you do my mum, you don't do olives much? Do you have boxes of olives at Tomato City? Sometimes. It yeah, depends. not always, though. Sometimes. Last season, the price was very, very high because there weren't a lot of olives. Yeah. So I didn't bother. I only brought some in when someone asked me to. Mm. And um, this year they started high, and I'm pretty sure the price is going down already. Mm. So I may bring some in, especially if someone asks me, say, look, you know, I'd like to do a box of olives. I don't mind sourcing them for them. Mm. And um, then they can preserve the beautiful olives and have them for however long they last. Sometimes... You do 10 kilo and they don't last you very long because you jump into them. Oh, because you're eating them, not because they go off. No, not at all. No, because you're preserving them. That's the whole idea of olives, isn't it? And Yes. Um, an olive, if you take it from the tree, is um, a disgusting thing to eat. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. I've uh, done that to a few people, haven't I? <laughs> well, not, not me. I mean, you, you've been trying to get me to lick my fingers after touching the artichokes for I don't know how many decades now and... <laughs> that, that only happens once, John. Um, uh, well, that must have been another close friend. I had yeah, a beautiful was... black olive, and I said, here, bite this. Oh, and, evil. And, yeah, it is. But they, they come up beautiful. And, um, you know, talking about longevity of olives, uh, Easter Sunday, mm. we had a, an olive on the table, which was a calamata. Mm. Um, my father and I grafted a uh, tree in Hyatt, which is near Moorabbin Bayside, mm. uh, many, many years ago because it was a, a very small olive-bearing tree and we planted a kalamata. And, um, oh, and then you my, mother, it, my yeah. mother put them in the jar yes. um, straight away and three years later they were still there because we kept leaving them behind. But we pulled them out of the jar and treated them and they were beautifully. 
We and, can talk about that later if you like. Okay, but let's talk about what do you have to do to um, get an olive from off the tree to be able to take it out of a jar or a receptacle and either throw it on a pizza or have it next to some bread with you know the best olive oil you have. All right, I'll give you I'll give you two ways that um, I see that my mother does it with these big calamatas that we pulled off the tree because. Mm. Um, I never used to like Kalamata because they're always vinegary when you bought them. But yes. uh, when you get them off the tree, you can make them as strong or as sweet as you like. So what we, we did with those is we, we washed them. Um, we boiled the water. Now, for every 10 kilo of olives, we put a kilo of salt. Coarse salt's okay. 10%. So when, when the water's cooled down, um, you, you can cover the olives with water in the jars and pack it away in a cupboard. Mm. Um, you can put a bit of garlic, bay leaf, chilli, um, and whatever, and um, seal the jars. Now, after three months, they should be edible to eat, but mm. they'll last in a jar a long, long time. Oh. And preferably keep them in the dark so they, they don't discolour and that. Yes. Um, and also, for a quicker cure, we use uh, Spanish queen, which is a smaller green olive. Um, a little bit round and not elongated so much. Yep. Um, but there are quite a few varieties. Um, try to find an olive that doesn't have a, a very big seed in it. Yes. Now, what we do with these is um, we crush them. So you, you get a... You have uh, to crush them. Get a bottle yeah. or something like that. Yeah, get a bottle, clean the bottom of it, bang it on the head with a, the uh, bottle. You know, so, what, what a really, really good thing is there's a lot of people now have espresso machines... And a coffee tamp would be an absolutely perfect thing for that because it's got the weight and you go boom and it's a flat surface. <laughs> yeah, just don't bruise your tank because some olives can be um, pretty hard. Okay. So what we do is um, once we've crushed the olives... Um, we, uh, we sorry, boil. John, I'm going to stop you again. There is some people that do the crush, the bump, and it's just this solitary sound of bump. But then there's some that where you can just slit it open. Is that an option as well? Where you yes, just, it is. You score yes, it with a knife. Yeah, but uh, a lot of people also score their thumbs too, so be careful. <laughs> yeah, okay, right, okay. So, yeah, you can score them. Yep. Um, but the only problem is that if you don't score them straight, you, you um, like, say, take a face off the olive, it doesn't look as nice. Mm-hmm. Not that these look pretty anyway once you bring the daylights out of it. <laughs> <laughs> How would you feel? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what we do is we, we boil the water, and um, when it's not hot hot anymore, um, we, we cover them with the water, and um, it changes that water every day. Now, after three or four days, you, you um, pull the olive out and taste it. If it's not real strong, um, then you can go on to the next stage. If you think that it's really strong and bitter, you just be changing the water for another three or four days. Hmm. So then when we're happy with it, we drain them and put them in a container. You put oil, um, get, put a, a handful of salt over them, uh, oregano, garlic, chilli if you like, mm-hmm. and give them a good shake, put them in a container and put them in the fridge. And when you want to eat them, you pull them out, give them another shake and they get covered. Um, with that oil and dressing and that, and they should be ready to eat. You get a beautiful loaf of bread, a bit of cheese, a bit of prosciutto, and away you go. Can I hear chickens in the background? Um, 
I don't know because my ears are buzzing, but it could be okay. anything's possible here. Yeah. More than likely, it's birds because my I could hear the feeds... birds, but then I thought I could hear chickens as well. So anyway, my, my... but my mum feeds the birds and is a picking order: the sparrows, the starlings, yeah. the magpie, and that they all come around. So everyone has a feed. Every, everyone has a go. Well, all right. Well, look, yeah. that's. Uh, I hope that um, that's inspired people. Um, are there in, uh, you will get olives in if people ask for them at Tomato City. Um, yes. Are there places uh, within the Vic Market where there's just... Um, uh, yeah, I'm sure that other, other green grocers will bring them in and have them on display. Mm. Um, you can have a look at the varieties, like I was saying before. Um, ask the green grocer if you can cut one open and see that it doesn't have too big a stone. Right. It's got a really big stone, you know. All you're going to get is a little bit of flesh. Mm. But also, where this is a lucky country, um, my grandfather said to me many, many years ago, if he had realised that uh, he would have planted olives when he first came to Australia in the 1920s. Um, now, a lot, a lot of people have olives uh, on their side fence. Mm. Um, I'll give you an example. I went for a walk down South Road in Moorabbin, and near the hospital there, there's a house that's got a strand of olives, mm. and they're hanging over the fence, and they don't pick them. So um, no, I, would, I would, if I had time, I'd go and knock on a door and say, excuse me, if you don't pick olives, do you mind if I do? Yeah. And that's what one of my customers did in Bentley. Yes. They went and picked the olives, cured them, gave some back to the owner, oh. gave some to me. Oh. And life's grand. Oh, that's good. Well, I reckon on that note, we might uh, we might leave it on a, on a lovely uh, how-you-doing-neighbour kind of note. Uh, yeah, of course. John... Thank you for having a chat with us. Um, You're I, welcome. I hope you have uh, continue to have a, a lovely weekend off. I will. And we look forward to chatting with you at the market very, very soon. Very good. I'm happy. I, everybody, I hope you've all had a good Easter. And um, all the best to everyone. Thank you, John. Thank see, you. See, see you, buddy. You. Triple. Ah. Yeah, twelve forty-three here on Three Triple R FM. Just looking at something that's come through the text line, uh, Cam, you dangerous dill. Orange mushrooms in pine forests. FFS. Wow. Kiss your mother with that mouth. Um, I think you need to correct your comments. Um, by well, I won't say who's that. I thought we did. did didn't we say that? that pine mushrooms grow in pine forests and they're good. And then Cam Russell said that there are some that grow on pine stumps, which are a little bit dangerous. I think we did that, didn't we? Yeah, that's my recall. Yeah, okay, well, I'm just, just checking. Anyway, thanks for your lovely note there. Um, good on you. Uh, 12.44 here on 3 FM. It's time to talk to Dan Sims. G'day, Cam. G'day, buddy. How you doing? Good, mate. Very well. Um, I neglected to do probably a, a proper introduction, and the fact that this last couple of years we've uh, we've COVID has been particularly hard on well the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry, uh, the arts in general, but oh my God, events uh, as well. Just uh, you know, can we just take you outside and shoot you in the kneecaps and? Uh, for you, that has certainly been something that has happened. Uh, 
Dan Sims uh, from uh, Bottle Shop Concepts, the uh, progenitor, the originator of uh, Peanut Palooza, Game of Rones, uh, Mold too. Did you get to do one of those, yep. the cheese thing? And then there was Absolutely. nothing. How how you been and what have you been up to? <laughs> well, yeah, Cam, as I said, like the last couple of years has not been uh, particularly well. Uh, great for a lot of people, but in particular, the mass gathering businesses uh, has it. But, um, yeah, what can you say, right? Like, uh, there was no opportunity to, to pivot or or anything like sort of restaurants. Or there was no sort of, this, this thing is coming, you know, it was an immediately and stop. Yeah. Um, and, you know, going back to uh, BC or even before COVID, yeah. um, it, we, we had to challenge, obviously, with the bushfires. Um, you know when the uh, you know and then we were we were four four days out from running our events in Brisbane when everything really sort of shut down. That was that cheese festival and yes. and that was um, that was obviously really challenging. And the biggest thing we found very quickly was that a lot of the cheese makers had produced all this cheese uh, for the festival, but then with restaurants shut down, there was no real mm-hmm. uh, way for them to to sell it. So and that sort of going to the got us to what we were doing over the last couple of years was building out the Mold Cheese Collective, which was a way where we said to our cheesemakers, look, you guys make the cheese, we'll get it out to the people. So that was that was oh, one right. thing that we'll, sort we'll of... Leave the driving that, to us type thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I, said, yeah I, I said to the team, I was like, look, right team, if we can work out how to run an event in another country where we don't speak the language, I'm pretty sure we can work out how to get a box of cheese to somebody in another state. Right, yes. let, let, let's go. But, look, there's no denying it, it It was really hard. Like, it was really hard. And it was, as I'm sure many people in business have been going over the last couple of years, it was week to week, uh, sometimes day to day. It was like, is this the week that's going to sort of... Uh, is this the week that's going to finally put us under? But I think at the start of it, it was like, OK, uh, I think it was really... Ob- it was obvious that it was going to be a real challenge and I think mm. I sort of accepted it and went alright, it's over how do you want to go out? <laughs> right, I think, yes. You know, it was and 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 I just wanted to make sure that, that my staff were looked after or that supplies were looked after um, and, and just and hold on as long as we could to ensure that um, and, and that was that was I think really sort of kept kept me going yeah yeah it was such a hell of a ride and i I don't know i think for um tell me if i'm wrong but it was um the the one that was the real harbinger of um that this is this is it was when the the grand prix got um cancelled that that was it wasn't it was that the same for you where you went oh okay uh reassess everything Oh, it was. I think because you know, I was actually overseas trying to have a very rare holiday when it sort of first hit, and I was we, uh, you know, and we saw the Grand Prix go, and then and then I got a call from our ticketing partner who said, right, you know, advance payouts are cancelled, and as soon as I got that phone call, I knew we were in dire trouble because that was effectively our cash flow. Because the way we would go, we would go event to event to event, and that was effectively how we'd sort of keep keep going, um, and then that just stopped. Can you, can you um, just then, tell the uh, the listener because they you know we we can't assume that everybody knows uh, what Pina Palooza was like or Mold or <laughs> can you describe the events that you were putting on? Well, effectively, they're they're big tasting parties. 
say, for example, Pinot Palooza. Tasting which party, been I like that. Tasting party. It's a tasting you know, it's, party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Palooza's been running for, well, 10 years now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we had about 70-odd wineries. Uh, there'd be like 200 wines on tasting. For Mould Cheese Festival, there's generally about 40 to 50 or 60 different cheeses on tasting. And yeah. a real opportunity to get out there and and, and, ch- and talk to and meet the producer and buy direct from them. So that was really sort of what we were doing. And we were doing probably about 40 events a year of varying sizes, probably at least 25, 30 major events, so over 500 people a year. And that just stopped. Um, and I suppose, you know, for anyone who knows me, you know, I, I think I've moved pretty fast, but at the start of COVID, it was like, I actually slowed down. Wow. It was like, it was, it was like, because if I, because the peril was real, yes. it was like, if, and, and everyone was taught that, that wonderful word pivot, yeah. right? It yeah. was, you know, but if you pivot too fast, you spin. And you fall over. And it was, you and you fall head. over. Yeah, it might be yeah. concussed. <laughs> Yeah. You might need so stitches. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and because, like, it was one false move. Um, so it was like, okay, slow down. And whatever we did with the events, it had to go back to its core. And that was, you know, why did we start the events in the first place? It was about connecting producers to people um, and creating a really good community about it. So whatever we did uh, with Mould or Palooza, it had to have those core values. And it was an opportunity to go, right, let's just step back. Mm. Um, let's, let's think about how we do it and let's do it with the same uh, you know, uh, love and care that we have for the community around us. Um, and hopefully let's just let's look after them and everything else will work itself out. Yeah, it's, that was my theory anyway. It's, it's the, the all boats rise with the tide type thing. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. God almighty. But yes. And, um, and, and you ended up um, leaving Melbourne and you moved into the regions, did you not? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, we were doing, um, I did the cold COVID bingo, but uh, <laughs> my, my partner and I, we moved into her one-bedroom apartment because I was travelling four months of the year. That's right. And I thought, well, yeah. this doesn't make sense. So then um, everything stopped and, and then I was around a lot. And and we were just looking at each other going, This is not gonna you're work s- and we've been you're still talking here, about Yeah, exactly. We've mm. been talking about moving down to South Kitsland for such a long time and uh you know, she's an architect and you know, it, it, it businesses were working from home so we thought, look, let's 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 do it and you know, we've been down here for over eighteen months now and I just love it. Um Gippsland's such a like a huge, vast area, but I'm, I'm in South Gippsland in a very uh, tiny town called Coonwarra between Langatha and Minion, and it's just awesome. You know, I just... Uh, and I, I, I actually was a, an opportunity again to get back to catching up with producers and, and amazing cheesemakers and everything down there. Down here. It's uh, super it's, exciting. I, I just I, love it. I hear there's some, there's some pretty good Pinot around there. Funnily enough, Cam, there is some very good Pinot around here. uh, There are some beauties. Well, look, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Dan, we've got just um, a a couple little bits of rent to pay. Uh, We're going to do that, and then you can tell us uh, how uh, Pinot Palooza is coming back. We'll be back with Dan Sims 
after this. Independent Melbourne Radio 3 R. Back with Dan Sims. Uh, Peter Palooza, new and improved Phoenix-like, rising from the ashes. <laughs> are you with me, listener? Uh, tell us... So, here we are. Get that guy out of uh, South Gippsland. Come on, get in your car and uh, give us a flavour about what it's going to look like. Oh, mate. Look, it's, uh, we're, we're so excited. It's all happening on May 6th and 7th. Uh, it's our 10-year anniversary. We haven't run it for two and a half years. <laughs> the last time we ran it was October 2019. We wow. had to postpone it from October last year. Uh to say that the anticipation is real yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, it is palpable. We just can't wait. But it's it's it was interesting, um, you know, we're having that time, that two and a half years, gave us the opportunity to have a bit of a look and a bit of a think about what the event was. But again, as I was saying before, it was about getting back to our roots. So this year uh, we're, mm. re- we're doing sessions opposed to one big what I call Pinot Mosh Pit. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> 4,000 people. Yeah, just going for it. <laughs> so I was like, I don't think... Oh, I'm not ready for that. I'm sure none of us are quite yes. yet. Um, so we're doing uh, three sessions, uh, four hours each, but oh, the same okay. Pinot good. vibe, yes. but just slightly less manic. Yeah. And uh, so, and, and for us, it, was, it gives people a better opportunity to talk with the makers, take their time, uh, okay. and just to, yeah, just and, get ourselves also, back into it. And it's also good for the old RSA stuff too, isn't it? Oh, totally. That's and, responsible and, and service been, of alcohol, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we've been really lucky with Palooza. And it, it's, yes, you know, we like to say some people taste in uh, enthusiastic moderation, let's say. <laughs> yes, <laughs> nice use of but, language, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it is. It, it just gives people a, a you know a chance to sort of just get back into it. Um, and look, Cam, I, I just want to run a big event in my hometown. Mm. You know, like that. That uh, we, we were able to run uh, Mold last year in late November, but there was still this sort of you know this air of COVID behind us, and, and now uh, it feels yeah. like. Yeah, we didn't know what was going, but you know, I just, I just can't wait. I can't wait to catch up with the producers. I can't wait to catch up with, uh, you know, the ticket holders. Some of these ticket holders have, have held their ticket from, you know, May last year. Um, you know, and we've been so the support we've had from that side has been incredible. Like, we've barely had to refund maybe five percent after we postponed it. Wow, really? Just, it was, That's yeah, amazing. It it's incredible, and and even when people were asking to sort of can't make the new dates, could I get a refund? Everyone was super nice and super chilled, and you know that 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 meant that has truly meant the world to to us. You know, it it just it just made it uh, it you know that that tough um, couple of years to say okay, our community's still there. Uh, you know, that, there's that that all the work we did to try and make it about. Uh, the people and producers, it's still there. Uh, and, you know, we just we just can't wait to get back. <laughs> one, one thing I haven't mentioned is the fact that we've only got about a minute left to uh, to just evoke it, is uh, uh, where, where's it going to be at? Where's the venue? It's, yeah, sorry, it's the Timber Yard in Port Melbourne, May 6 and 7, yeah. uh, au. Uh, the Friday night session uh, is still, there's only, uh, is still available. The 
Saturday day session. There's a handful of tickets left. Oh. The Saturday afternoon session has sold out. Wow. But uh, come on down uh, and just, just, I can't wait to catch up with everyone. What are you going to say? Well, if you haven't got a ticket, just hang outside the fence and breathe in the air. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. Have a ticket. Don't do that. Don't do, don't that. do that. Well, look, Dan, congratulations <laughs> on sorting it out. Um, I remember when Matt and I went to one of them at uh, St Kilda Town Hall, um, one of the things we thought, gee, it's a great thing how much Melbourne's evolved uh, because it's sort of a signpost of that. And uh, looking at that crowd, it was it was such a great group of people. So um, you're obviously preaching the right message to the right people and it's great they stuck with you. Great to hear your voice again, wow. Dan. You too, mate. And thanks so much uh, for taking the time to have a chat. Oh, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks so much, Cam. See you later. Dan Sims. And uh, thank you to all of you that have been listening today. Uh, Kent, thank you for dealing with my, as I said, <laughs> slight belligerence. Oh, it was with a cherry on top. With a cherry on top. On top. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.